Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How are my high achieving career superstars doing today? I have a guest and uh, she is my frequent flyer guest for the podcast, Jane Springer. I'm going to have her introduce herself again in just a moment. And she and I talked about this. Oh my gosh, it's probably been a couple of months ago that we started talking about the need to have an episode on fatigue as it relates to the pandemic, fatigue around your job search, fatigue around all the weirdness that may be going on in your home because maybe the kids are homeschooling and the husband's working next to you and the dog, there's the dog. (laughs) There's weirdness around, you know, I'm having to be in work at five days a week and Sue only has to be there three days a week and Joan doesn't have to show up at all. And what does all that mean? And and I'm resentful or what, or, or whatever the case may be. So we really just want to look at this fatigue piece with life coach, Jane Springer. So Jane, first of all, thank you for being on the podcast. Hi, Lisa. Good, good to be back again. So why don't you start by introducing yourself? Okay. Um, I am Jane Springer. And I am a life, wellness, and relationship coach, and I help women who feel stalled out, basically, in their relationships or lack of relationship or how they feel in their bodies. You know, I help them to move forward and and to feel healthy again. Like after we work together, people are moving forward again in their relationships, maybe to find a relationship and also to have a healthy body. So that's what I do. Fantastic. Fantastic. So kind of let's start with the high level and then we'll get down in the weeds. What are you seeing in terms of fatigue as it relates to COVID? What I am seeing right now is kind of confusion because we're in kind of a limbo state right now. Some people are still at home working. Some people have been told they've got to go back soon. Some people are still not working. And also, you know, some people are trying to juggle childcare and trying to figure out if they're going to go back to work. And so it's a very strange and kind of unsettling time. That's what I'm seeing. And a couple of things kind of came up for me as you were saying that. So, you know, there's this uncertainty around, am I going back to work? Do I have a job to go back to? You know, when are the kids going back to school and all of that? And and that creates kind of a unique sense of fatigue because it's that unknowing, right? So there's this, there's Correct. there's fatigue that comes around knowing that something that you don't want to do is coming up. But then there's also the fatigue around not knowing and, and not having any kind of, it's like being on quicksand at all times, it seems like. Does that seem fair? Yes. And also it's your mind chatter that's going on that creates 
a lot of that mental fatigue because you're trying to figure things out. And again, as you say, it's like quicksand. You're trying to figure out forward movement and it's not happening because you have nothing firm to stand on at the moment. And it's very uncertain. I always think of these kind of circumstances as an, as an algebraic equation, right? So you can solve an algebraic equation with one variable if there's one X in the mix. But if you've got more than one variable, it's very hard to figure it out. So in this case, if you're wondering, you know, when you're going to be let back to work for your job and when are the kids going to go back to school? And then there's your husband who maybe he's out of work or your significant other is unemployed and looking for a job. And maybe you'll have to move because of his job when he gets it. And it's too many things. You can't possibly solve the equation, can you? No, not in the moment. So what you need to do is strategize, you know, one thing at a time and, you know, what can you do about this? What can you do about that? What can you do about that? I mean, it would help very much to like do a download of what needs to be done, what you do know and what you don't know, you know, what are the variables and try and sort it out first, because if you let your, your mind be tossed back and forth, that can very much lead to not only mental fatigue, but also physical fatigue, because I mean, you have a mind body connection. So if you've got that uncertainty, and the confusion going on all the time, it definitely will affect your body. And your sleep. So now you're oh, now you're cranky, you're you're mm -hmm. running on fumes. And so so when you say download, your, you know, do a download, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about, there's actually two components to it. One is you can do a download of all the things you're not sure of, all the things that need to be decided, all the things you do know, all the things you don't know. That's one kind of download. The other kind of download is a thought download where you just kind of do a mind dump vomit i hate to say it but vomit. I mean, that's what i say with my clients is we're going to do right a, okay good a thought vomit. Um, where you're just going to write down all those thoughts that are going on like i'm never going to get a job i don't know what's coming up next what are my kids going to do and you just write that all down because just to write it down gives your brain a break it's a like unloading you know um a grocery bag or something. So, mm -hmm. so there's two different kinds. There's like a strategy and then strategy download. And then there's a download of all that stuff that's going on in your mind. And you can write that on a piece of paper. You can type it up on the computer, whatever works for you, right? And dictate it right into your phone. I mean, it, whatever's easiest for you. All right. So I write all these things down in terms of what do I know? What don't I know? So these are all facts. So how do I make sure that when I'm writing these facts down that I'm not letting the thoughts creep into the facts? Well, you have to write down the actual what is instead of what you're thinking about with regard to what is. Okay. So for example, you're the thing that you write down your circumstance, what is right now, the fact is that your job is going to be going back to in-person on such and such a date, those kinds of facts. Or I 
at the moment, I don't have a job. Okay, so so do not have a job is the circumstance because mm -hmm. that's a true, that's a fact. You can prove it in a court of law if you need to. So those are the facts that you're writing down. And then you move on to, all right, what are the thoughts I'm having around those particular you know, circumstances? And I could see moving back and forth from the two so that I've, you know, as, as, it, as the thought comes up, it goes on the thought page. As a fact comes up, it goes on the fact page. But what Jane said about um, making sure that it can be proven in a court of law is so important because when you're dealing with those facts, you don't want things to creep in like, you know, I'll probably not get a job anytime soon. We'll, we're, you know, we're probably going to run out of money. Those are all just thoughts in your head and you want to make sure that you're keeping them very clean. And you might have like, like I did today, read in the Wall Street Journal that available jobs are, the numbers are coming down. But in a different place, you could read job opportunities are increasing. So if you write down, the Wall Street Journal says this, although it may seem like a fact, you could go a dozen other places and get, you know, different statistics. So I wouldn't use that as a, as a fact, because your mind is going to go all over the place on, you know, what it means, what are you making that mean, and mm -hmm. what thoughts you're going to have. Yeah, I'm certainly seeing clients who are making, you know, and jobs are quite plentiful right now, but there was a period last year when jobs weren't plentiful and they were making that mean that they didn't have a chance. And instead of making it mean I've got just as good a chance as anybody else and I'm going to step my game up in order to to get one of those jobs. So exactly. it's really what you think about the fact that that matters. The circumstance is just a neutral thing going on in the world. And then we have a thought about it. And that's what affects our reality which also affects our fatigue or lack of fatigue. So let's talk about fatigue. So what are you seeing in terms of how fatigue kind of manifests itself with folks? Sure. What I have seen and what I know is that, first of all, that there, the mind-body connection is real. So if you've got these thoughts going on, about not having a job, not knowing how your job is going to go, it can affect you physically, not only physically, but mentally. And so what I have seen is that there's a lot of depression going on, is that the depression is manifesting itself in fatigue, where people are just feeling stalled out. And as a result of this whole past year, many people, including me, I should say all of us, have maybe adopted some habits that are not conducive to moving forward. Like you're on the computer all day long, you are on Netflix all day long, you have you know, given up going to exercise anywhere or you know, even movement because you're depressed about and you're confused and anxious. I mean, there's all kinds of feelings going on. So, you know, you may have lack of movement going on. You may have poor food choices going on. Um, you may have connections with other people have dropped off. You just don't make the effort anymore. I mean, there's just a lot of components to this that manifest in fatigue. 
And what I'm also seeing on the other end of the spectrum are folks whose jobs have required them to be incredibly busy over the past year, say people in healthcare, um, people in the education profession who are figuring out a new way of doing their job. And that's a different, I, I assume that that fatigue manifests itself differently because they're not sitting around watching Netflix for hours because they're they're hardly sleeping. So what does fatigue look like for those folks? Well, you can most probably eliminate movement of some kind because if you're busy working all day long, you're probably not taking time to go outside and take a walk. You may have adopted poor eating habits as I have to admit, you know, we all have over the either one time or another over the past year. And so, you know, the lack of movement, the lack of good eating habits. And so you're not getting the fuel that you need in order to keep your energy and your strength up. So I would think, you know, those are the two big things that if you are overworking, same thing with your connection with other people. If you're on the go all the time and you're working all the time, you know, you're probably not making connections with your loved ones or your friends as you did before. Yeah, I, I can speak from personal experience, having been incredibly busy in this past year, that I have let some of those friendships that are kind of not in the, the inner circle, but that next rung out and maybe the rung out after that. Because when I think about those people, A, I have thoughts about, you know, would they feel safe going somewhere with me or, or doing something with me? And maybe I don't feel safe doing something. And then there's the thought of, well, what can we do, especially when things were really locked down? It's like, well, what's the point? We can't do anything anyway. And somehow in the moment, maybe picking up the phone and just saying hello or reaching out via a, a text or an email seems, I don't know not enough. So I just don't do anything. So I can speak to personally having let some of those relationships go by the wayside. And now that things are opening back up, I'm feeling I'm feeling a, an isolation that's really a unique, I think, unique kind of isolation. Yes. And the situation sometimes manifests as just lethargy, as you talked about, that it just seems like too much of an effort to pick up the phone or text somebody. And so you just have let it go. So that that's very true and very real right now. And I think also when I think about that next rung out of people, I don't want to call and just, you know, cry on their shoulder if I haven't talked to them in six months. So if I'm having a tough day when I really do need to reach out to somebody, I don't want to reach out to those people because I don't want to be, you know, oh, everything's wrong. My life stinks, all of that. So then that further isolates me and kind of alienates me from those people. Yeah. I mean, you're afraid that that person is you know, not going to enjoy having a conversation with you. And so maybe they won't be your friend anymore. So you just don't want to appear whiny. So you're just not going to connect with them. So we've got the some of the unique, although there are a lot of commonalities, there are some unique kind of manifestations of fatigue in people who are overworking during this time. There are, there are certain types of fatigue for people who have been job searching for, in many cases, more than a year. 
You've got the fatigue of people who are trying to do their job from home while Susie's in the next room learning how to add numbers and hubby's down the, 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 the hallway, you know, doing the big deals on the phone. And I know you personally have talked about. Oh, my Lord. Yes. I mean, my husband has been here at home working and he's just down the hall and we have doors that are not solid corridors and so it's been a real challenge co-working in this space definitely yeah so it, i think it's real easy in this situation to you can take one of two extremes you can either think that your your form of fatigue and your form of whatever's going on as a result of of covid is harder than everyone else's and you've got it worse or at the other end of the spectrum you can think i shouldn't be complaining because i have a job and so then you kind of deny your own fatigue and you deny your own needs are you seeing kind of that that polar response yes people are you know, really we are working overworking or we are becoming depressed from not working and you know they're like different in their polar polar opposites it seems but they're both experiencing mental and physical fatigue and i think it's a real trap and i remember listening to someone talk about this and i don't remember what the context was but it's this it's this sense of denying our own needs and our own reality because we think we don't we know that we don't have it as bad as someone else and so instead of recognizing what we do need, which is very important to us, we negate it by comparing ourselves to someone else who has it far worse. The connection with other people is very important. And you are correct in that if you have a job and you have work to do and it may not be in the position that you that is ideal, but then you may feel bad that you have one and somebody else doesn't, or, you know, maybe you are feeling grateful, but you still are compassionate for those who have lost jobs. It's a mixed bag. Yeah, because it can also be real awkward with, say, family relationships. If you've got a brother or a, a, a parent or a, a, a niece or someone who has been out of work for a very long time because of COVID, and, and tends to be one of those people that kind of doom and glooms every time you catch up with them. It can be very difficult to be around them because you, you have it good. You don't want to really talk about how good you have it right now or what is going on well in your life because it just creates more of a chasm. And so then you alienate yourself from those people as well. It's just a, it's such an interesting, um, you know, the, I'm just thinking of it as like, if I tried to graph this thing out, like what it would look like, it would look like the constellations because it's just, there's so many different data points here and so many different connections that, that you can make between all of these, these types of fatigue and how people are reacting and what it's doing to our bodies, what it's doing to our minds, what it's doing to our relationships, our health, all of that. Mm -hmm. The, uh, what came to mind when you were talking about the person who has a job talking to a, maybe a family member or a friend who is looking for employment or lost their job during COVID, the word compassion really just popped out in my brain because I think that having compassion for them and maybe just listening to them 
for a little bit and then you know engage them in a conversation about things that they do enjoy so that they're not dwelling on the negative either so we've talked a lot about the problem and how it's showing up in in terms of our physical health and our mental health our um, our relationships all of kind of the whole spectrum have you got some tips that you can give us? So if we recognize we people who are listening to this and they're like, for sure, I am in COVID fatigue. What are some tips to help them restore equilibrium? My very first and very most important recommendation is movement, preferably in the sunlight outside, preferably in nature somewhere. But I mean, if you don't have that opportunity, just go outside and start moving, start walking. I'm not saying, you know, adopt a running program or biking or something. You just start by walking, but the movement itself is gonna help lift your spirits. It's, it's a chemical thing in your brain. So the first thing that I would do, if you, you know, feel as if you are in this place that we've just talked about, be outside, preferably sunlight, and you know, just move your body because not only is it you know good for your brain, but it's also good for your body because your body doesn't want to you know sit around and lay around all the time or or be stressed out all the time. So number one, I would say movement of some sort. And if you're not a walker, stretching, um, yoga, anything that gets your body moving just a little bit will make a huge difference. So what I like about that is that you can start so small. And as Jane said, you don't have to go, you know, decide I'm going to run a, a 5K marathon anytime soon. But just if, if, and I remember, and I don't know who it was, but I remember someone talking about becoming physically active. And they said all they did for like a week was they put their shoes on, they put the tennis shoes on. So they, they built it up. They were so inactive that they had to take very much baby steps. And so even if it's just, I'm going to put my tennis shoes on and I'm going to go, you know, walk out to the mailbox and back. Um, and especially if you feel like if you're one of those people that is being overworked right now, um, that's again, one I've struggled with is finding the time. So for you, it could be a time issue. And there's this perception that you don't have any time to do this exercise. So take a baby step because walking out to the mailbox is better than not walking out to the mailbox, right? Definitely. And what I recommend with my clients is called a minimum baseline. And what you do is decide what is the very minimum that you could do how many times a week. So if you said, okay, I will walk to the mailbox for five minutes, three times a week set something that you know that you can accomplish, you know absolutely you can do. And so when you start to do that, you will discover that it will build on itself because when you accomplish that one little thing, you'll think, oh, well, maybe I could, maybe I can fit in 10 minutes. And then, so you not only is your confidence being raised, but your body is feeling better. So a minimum baseline even if it's just setting your sneakers next to the bed in the morning and have your stuff laid out. But, and also if you work inside, here's the thing, if you work in a hospital or if you work in an office building, I used to, on my lunch hours, and I live in Florida, a lot of times in the summer, it is hot at lunchtime in the summertime and humid. <laughs> 
And um, so literally I would have my sneakers at work and I would just start walking. So I would go up the stairs and down the stairs. I walk through and people would say, oh, there she goes again. You know, I'm just walking past people, but just to move. I don't care if it's, you know, it's in an office or whatever, you're just walking. And it's amazing how many steps you can get in without it, you know, the optimum thing would be to go outside. But if that's not possible, if you work in a hospital, you work in an office building, just set aside five minutes, you're just gonna walk inside. That That's doable. Yeah, and maybe you don't feel like with your job requirements that you can expand that from five minutes to 10 to 15 to 20 in one pop. So then you look for, you know, three or four times a day that you can do that. And, and my thought about that is always, um, I'm not taking breaks when the smokers are. So this is my break. I'm doing a thing that's healthy for myself. The, the smokers give them an excuse and they go out and they smoke their cigarettes. I'm going to take that same amount of time and I'm going to get something, do something healthy for myself. And most people are getting up to go to the restroom, hopefully certain times during the day and just make that, you know, add on to that some few extra minutes where you're, you know, walking around the office. Right. So that if you can do a loop and on your way to, or maybe, maybe not on the way to, <laughs> maybe you need to wait till after, after you go to bed. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right, so movement is number one. What's the second uh, tip that you have for folks who recognize themselves as being fatigued? Food, okay? So you have got to fuel your body with things that give you energy and lift your, your mental state, okay? So what I teach my clients is there's four types of food. There's fuel food, there's joy food, there's fog food and storm eating, basically. These are the kinds of eating. Fuel, you're going to concentrate on whole foods as much as possible, protein, veggies, and fat, good fat, and concentrate on having that during the day. And so as not to feel deprived, you're going to allow yourself what I call a joy eat, where it's something that's not nutritious at all, but it is something that makes you not be, feel deprived. It's one of your favorites because if you eliminate all the pleasure eating that you have, you can call it pleasure eating if you want to, you're just going to feel deprived and then you're going to overboard on it. So concentrate on fuel with a little bit of joy. Fog eating is when you are just mindlessly munching on chips in front of the television. You don't even realize how much you've eaten. You want to avoid that. And also storm eating, which is emotional. You've had um, you've had a fight with your spouse or something like that and or with your boss and you're just eating in the emotional moment okay so to minimize those two the fog and the storm and to concentrate on fuel but if you're if you're eating good healthy protein and vegetables and fat you are well on your way to lifting not only your physical energy, but your mental energy too. So I'm going to use a hypothetical because I've never had a problem with storm eating or, or what's the other one? Fog eating. Ha, ha, ha. Most of us do not have a problem with that. No, never. I've, I've never experienced that. Um, but let's just say someone is listening who is working really long hours and has let particularly that lunchtime meal 
kind of go downhill because of their work habits. Maybe they're just grabbing something from their desk. What are, what are one or two things that they can do to plan for healthy eating and snacking during the day so that they're not going to the vending machine? Well, planning is the, is the optimum word right there. Okay. So maybe on Sundays you could plan out your lunches for the week. Even if it's a frozen dinner, a frozen healthy dinner, take it to work with you or, you know, put them in plastic containers and plan out your week because then you don't have to think about it. You don't have to have the mental chatter, you know, chatter going on about, oh, oh my gosh, it's lunchtime. I don't have anything. The other thing you can do is to have a piece of fruit or some nuts in your desk or easy, you know, easy access to them so that when you are craving something in the middle of the day, you're going to have something healthy versus something that is going to drive your blood sugar up and it's going to lower your energy because you're going to get a little lift and then you're going to go down into, you know, the, the basement. The fatigue. Yeah, go into the basement. Exactly. So <laughs> anything, you know, with protein and, and healthy fat, planning in advance is key. And it can be even something as simple as, you know, going to the store and buying raw vegetables and then taking that additional step of washing them, maybe pre like packaging them into small baggies that you can take to work. But I find that that is, that is a subtle, but real deterrent for me. I can buy something, but if it hasn't been prepped yet, it becomes mm -hmm. in my head, it's not true. It becomes in my head, this big thing this big, too much work, too much work. Right. So, you know, I bought grapes yesterday at the store that just sounded good. I wanted fruit and that's what looked good to me yesterday. And so I have not done that yet, but I was thinking about that. Like I bought these grapes and until I wash them, they will probably sit in that bag looking at me when I open the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I need to just get them out and rinse them out. And while we're on the subject of fruit that even though it is extremely good for you, it's going to drive your blood sugar up quickly. So my suggestion is to throw in that little baggie some nuts just to counteract the increase in your insulin and blood sugar. Right. I, I certainly learned that from you. And, and you will rarely see me eat a whole banana anymore because I've learned that that's just too much sugar. Well, that comes setting. from being pre-diabetic and being afraid that you're going to become diabetic, which is where I was four years ago. So I've learned to combine. Yes, absolutely. So we've got movement and we've got the right kind of foods, fuel foods. What else can we do? I, I can think of a couple of things. One is to make a conscious effort to make a connection with somebody, preferably by phone, a, a family member, a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time. And phone is definitely preferable to a text. Because I think that frequently you can be misunderstood in a text. And sometimes people don't even look at their text. My husband rarely looks at his, his text during the day. But I just think the sound of somebody's voice makes a difference. So preferably in person. But if the, all you've got is a few seconds, a few, a minute or two, to then just reach out by text. I mean, but I think that keeping the connection with people will do a lot to lift your spirits. And I just, we're, you know, we're people that are made 
to connect with other people. We're not made to be in isolation. So that, yeah, make a connection. Yeah. And, and, you know, I like to set goals around these kinds of things. So if your goal, if all you feel like you can manage is I'm going to make one connection a week, I'm going to reach out to somebody one time a week, then that's your baseline. That's where you start. And maybe you can grow it from there. Maybe you don't. But I think even one contact a week would leave you feeling much better than you than you do now. Kind of help to lift that fatigue. Would you Would you agree with that, Jane? Is that is totally, that enough? Totally. The 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 make a minimum. It's like we talked about with the exercise. Make a goal to say you're going to connect with so and so or at least one person during the week. Do it because that connection with other people is important to our both our physical and mental spiritual beings i mean it, it's we're just we're just made to connect with others and it's so easy it was so easy in covid to just disconnect <laughs> yep and it's it's a little difficult to get back into the habit but i believe that it makes a huge difference in the fatigue and in your you know mental and physical state right now Completely agree. All right. So that's number three is making connections. Do you have another one for us? Mm -hmm. Well, we talked about that thought download um, on paper. So with setting aside the one that is strategy on what's first, what's second, what's third, because you just you just touched on set your goals for the week. And so so that one, you know, set your goals, figure out what's most important, one, two, three, four, five, you know, those kind of goals. But what can really weigh on your mental state, mental and physical state is the thoughts that you're having about the situation. And you and I have talked about this, I think on every podcast we've done together. I think so. But it's so crucial that you get your thoughts down on paper. And even if it's one thought that's been circulating in your brain, like there are no jobs out there right now. And we did a podcast not mm -hmm. too long ago on mind drama um, in, in a job process, job search process. But with regard to this whole situation, like I could have had a thought, well, actually I did have a thought. My husband is bugging me. Okay, so, and he was, okay. So the situation was he's in the other room. So that was your fact. The, the thought I had about it is why, why does he have to, I mean, he's talking on speakerphone. My husband is bugging me. All those thoughts, get it down on paper because the feeling that that came as a result of that was annoyance. And then the action, the you know, the the way I reacted to it and you know did something was well. Actually, I got kind of testy with him when we would meet in the hallway, and so that was not a positive addition to our relationship. <laughs> And then, um, and I'm saying that in the most nice way, of course, but then the result is, you know, there's sort of a disconnect between us. He's trying to do his work and I'm trying to do my work, but we've disconnected a bit on our relationship. So getting your thought down on paper and you're seeing the results of what those thoughts are, you know, what's happening as a result of those thoughts. The good thing about thoughts is, First of all, you can let them go. And the second is you can change your thought about the situation. 
So in my case, for in, in this example, and then we can go to one about, you know, the job search situation, but this was so common during COVID. And I'm sure a lot of people are, are in the same situation. You've got children, you've got dogs, you've got husbands, people in the room with you, but you know, this, the situation was the same. He still has, and he still works down the hall from me, but my thought became, we can figure this out. You know, we can figure out how that we can minimize this situation. And then the feeling I had about it was, okay, I'm feeling positive. I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling encouraged, let's say, because we've always been able to work things out in the past. So we can work this situation out. The feeling I had again was I was encouraged about it. The action that we took, we actually sat down and talked about, you know, how can we minimize this irritation? Oh yeah, that might have been the that might have been the feeling I had. Okay, so we <laughs> minimize the irritation that we had towards each other. And um, we sat down and talked about what can we do? Can we stagger our you know work times? Can he, you know, use the, you know, his phone in a normal talking way instead of the speaker phone? There's all sides of, all sorts of strategies that we could come up with. And then the result is we have reconnected. So the thoughts can always be changed, but it's so important to look at the things that may be tripping you up, the thoughts that you may be having that that have tripped you up and are making you feel fatigued, made you feel tired of the situation and feeling defeated. You may be depressed, anxious. I mean, all those feelings, you can change all those things by just examining your thoughts. And, you know, when I look at that situation, it would be very easy for Jane to say, well, of course I'm irritated that he's got his phone on speaker and it's really loud and it's disturbing my work. Like everybody would, re everybody would respond this way. And while that may or may not be true, it's an insidious thought because it doesn't serve you. It's nothing to do with her husband, but it, it, it causes her to show up in a very different way. And, and she recognized that and didn't want that for herself. So that's really the message here is you have control over your own thoughts and you're not required to think anything specifically in particular about a situation you get to choose. And if you choose something that serves you better, you're going to get results that are more satisfactory to you. You said it exactly right. And, and it worked. But it can be applied to any situation where you're having thoughts that are causing you anxiety or feel depressed or, you know, uninspired. You can apply it to any situation because it's your thoughts about the situation. You may think that it's the fact that there's you that the, the job situation is in a certain way, but your thought about that is is what's causing the, you know, mental fatigue and the mental you know, conflict. And I think the episode was at 152 or 153 that we were on last that um, we were making reference to. Do you remember? I don't remember, but you can put it in the show notes because it's a, it, it's a really good one on this thought work. Yeah, it was about, about then and it's got Jane's name in the title so you can find it there. All right. So I know I've got one in particular that I don't know whether you're going to give it or not. So do you have any more for us? You know what, what I think about is gratitude. Mm. I know it sounds kind of touchy-feely, but the fact is you can find something to be grateful about in practically any situation. 
So this is what I always follow up with people on is, you know, at the end of the day, you say to yourself, or you can share it with your partner, your kids is a called a, it's a gratitude practice. And what we say is, what was your most grateful thing that happened today? And then we all share that. And then what was your least grateful? Because you know, there probably, you know, was one. Although with the grandkids, sometimes they can't come up with um, something that they were least grateful about. But at any rate, um, and then what can you, this is just three questions, what can you do to change the situation if you can tomorrow for tomorrow? And just that one simple practice at the end of the day, you're going to sleep on something positive in your brain as opposed to, you know, stirring in the emotions of bad things that happen during the day. So I think gratitude is super important. I love that one. I love that one. Do you have any more for us? And I'm going to throw one in. No, I want to hear yours. Okay. So mine is to start something new. So whether this is something that maybe has been boiling inside of you for a while, I want to learn how to ride horses, or I want to plant a garden, or I've always wanted to learn how to, to sew, whatever it is. So it could be something that's kind of been dormant for a while. And if you're one of those people who is un or underemployed, this may be just the time to pull that out. So you really have to look at how much time can you devote to something. If you're one of these nurses working ridiculous hours every week still with COVID, you know, you're probably not going to become, a, you know, a world-class equestrian, but can you go ride once a week or once every other week? So really looking at what is your what is your availability? Give that an honest look. And what is something that you've always wanted to do? Or maybe it isn't always wanted to do. Maybe it's something that's just bubbled up in the last six months. I know a lot of people who've taken up baking and cooking and the, just those kind of home things because they're, they're home so much. So really adding something. This is one I'm really working on now. I thought it was going to be <laughs> this is my funny story. I thought it was going to be painting. So I bought a paint by numbers kit. I'm by no means am, am I a visual artist, but that was about the time that I discovered that I couldn't see. So, <laughs> and these oh, little, that, that's an important component. These little boxes that I was supposed to paint in were very small. So I went to the eye doctor and he pronounced that I needed cataract surgery. So I've had one eye cataracts. I've had one surgery. I've got the next one scheduled next week. So I was thinking about that in preparation for this, this call that um, soon I will be able to see again and I can like find those little, I, I couldn't no more right now paint. So, so that would be a source of frustration. So that's the flip side of this is don't, don't pick something that will cause frustration. Don't pick something that is unrealistic for you given your other requirements, but really something that just seems like it would add like a, I think of it as like an, a new seasoning into your life, a little something you can put into the mixture that's going to make it taste better. What do you think I about think that one, a, Oh, I think that's a really good one. And during COVID, I was bound and determined that I was going to refresh my French language and so I could speak it fluently. I mean, I took six years of French in, in school and I love the language, but you know, it, I don't know it very well now. I have not done that yet because it's it, it, just what you said, it seemed overwhelming. And so it's still in my little list of things to do, but perhaps 
picking something where, just as you said, pick something small that you know you can do that fits into your schedule. I totally think that's a wonderful idea because giving your brain something new to think about and learn or just take your mind off the situation is, I mean, that's golden right there. Exactly. So, you know, if you want to learn a foreign language, maybe you get a whatever, whatever it is now, because a CDs, I don't even have a CD player in my new car. So I'm not sure. And I've struggled with this one because I, I started to learn Italian before I went to Italy with my daughter a few years ago. And now uh, the car doesn't have a CD player. So I can't go to the library and grab the Italian language thing because I have no CD player anywhere in my in my world. But if you can figure out a mechanism, so maybe you download something on your phone and you can stream it when you're going to and from work or going to pick the kids up, waiting in line for something, then you've got little pockets. So really having that realistic plan. And in some cases it may be baby steps. So with my situation, I bought two paint by numbers uh, kits. So when I can see <laughs> again, I'm, I'm there, right? I'm, I'm ready to go. I don't have to, you know, get online and order, figure out what I want to order. I've done that. So little baby steps can be can be helpful as well. Yes. And I was thinking about the exact same thing. What's one really small step that you can take in starting something new? And I just think that's a great idea. So we've got we've got movement, we've got fuel food, we've got making connections. We've got the thought download, just being aware and being uh, recognizing that you are the master of the domain of your brain and you get to think whatever you want to think and make things mean whatever you want them to mean. And try something new that gets you maybe a little bit out of your comfort zone that maybe fulfills a need you've had for a very long time, whether it's for creativity or whether it's for um, artistic expression or you know, home decorating, providing food for the family, whatever it is that you just really want to start or maybe take to the next level if it's something you're already doing. Any final words for our listeners, Jane? No, I don't think so. I think those are really good ones and we'll give people some ideas of how to get out of this COVID fatigue. I think now that it's spring, people are starting to kind of stick their heads up and say, you know, maybe there's hope after this and the people are getting vaccines and, and so it's not feeling quite so hopeless as last year at this time, but these are some really great tips to people get, to get people moving. Absolutely. I know that I was just thinking about, I, I started a garden this year and I live in an apartment. So my garden is outside my front door on my, on my landing, but I'm so proud of it. My basil is looking good. My tomato plants growing great guns. I've got a few flowers and I go out there and I'm outside when I'm, you know, poking around in it and, you know, deadheading and watering. And it's just, there's a great sense of satisfaction when I walk by it that I did this. So I want that for you guys. And uh, I hope you'll take these suggestions to heart and hopefully get out of any fatigue that you may be experiencing because of, as I used to call it, virus jail, <laughs> COVID. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will see, oh, first of all, before we sign off, Jane, how can the people find you? They can find me by just going to my website, janespringer.com, has all the info on me. If you want to contact me directly, it's jane at janespringer.com. I'd love to have a 20-minute 
you know, strategy call with, you know, where the area where you're feeling stalled out and we'll work on it together. Excellent. All right. I'll have that information in the show notes and until next week, you guys take care. You've been listening to the exclusive career coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of exclusive career coaching. It would be great if you would rate review and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.